Good morning. We're glad that you're here today. If you're visiting, we encourage you to come back and be with us at every opportunity that you have. We're thankful that our young folks are back safe and sound from camp. We're glad that Jared and Anna survived, and we're glad that it was a good week for them. We appreciate so much the opportunity to be together today. We're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. We're going to be talking about our benefits package. And one of the things that maybe sometimes we neglect is the fact that as a child of God, we have a benefits package that is out of this world. Sometimes when individuals will interview with a business or corporation, during the course of the conversation, naturally, benefits and compensation will come up. And typically, corporations or business leaders will talk about the advantages of working for them, working with them. What I want us to see is that as a child of God, we have a benefits package that is second to none. As a matter of fact, the benefits that we enjoy in Christ are just, to use one word, amazing. And so I want us to think about that for just a minute or two. I want us to begin today by talking about the quantity of our blessings in Christ. And if you want to sum up the quantity of our blessings in Christ, it would simply be the term all. Everything that we need, spiritually speaking, is in Christ. Listen to what Paul said in verse 3, the passage read a moment ago. Blessed be, the, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every, some translations say, with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. Everything that you need, spiritually speaking, is in Christ. And really, that's what Paul is saying here. He's emphasizing the abundant blessings that we have in Christ. And we're going to talk about some of those blessings in a moment. Let me begin by saying that the source of our spiritual blessings, the divine source, is Almighty God. Listen again to what Paul said. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is the fountain from which all blessings are derived in this life. James said every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down from above, from the Father of lights. God is the dispenser of all the blessings we enjoy. And really, when you begin to enumerate some of the blessings that we have, it's, it's just amazing. There's just no way to catalog all the blessings that we enjoy, but... Spiritually speaking, Paul is saying that all of the spiritual blessings that we have derive from Almighty God. The psalmist in the long ago said, Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. And so God is the source of our spiritual blessings. But then I want you to see a second thing. And that is the sufficiency of our spiritual blessings. When it comes to the spiritual blessings that we have in Christ... There are no shortcomings. Think about that for a minute. Everything that you need, when we talk about our benefits package and all of the great benefits and blessings that we have in God, there's not one thing that we need 
There's not one thing God has left undone. God has bestowed on us an array of great spiritual blessings. Listen again to what Paul said. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. In Colossians chapter 2 at verse 10, Paul would say, and you are complete in him. And the idea is that in Christ, everything that we need has been supplied. God has given us what we need to enjoy and to maintain a relationship with him. Now, we talk about the quantity of our blessings, the quantity of our spiritual blessings. But think about for a minute the quality of our blessings in Christ. What about the quality of blessings that we enjoy in Jesus Christ? I used the term a moment, a moment ago, amazing. If you were to catalog the blessings that you have in Christ, it would simply be amazing. Let me just cite for you some of the blessings that we enjoy in Christ. And I want to begin by saying this. When it comes to our spiritual blessings and what God has done for us and the fact that we have this benefits package made available to us, God has spared no expense in providing these blessings. Now you just think about that for a minute. God has spared no expense when it comes to the benefits package made available to us through Jesus Christ. Listen, if you would, to Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loved us enough to send his son so that we might have access to these benefits. And then I think about the words of Paul in Romans chapter 5 when he said, but God commendeth his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What about in chapter 8 at verse 32 of the book of Romans? When the apostle Paul said, God who spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us freely. So there you have it. God has spared no expense in terms of the blessings that we enjoy in Christ. Well, what are some of those blessings? Let me just cite for you some of them. First of all, there is adoption. Pick up with me in verse 4. Paul said, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, <clears throat> having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Did you know that God had a plan in place before the foundation of the world? That God had you in mind before he ever laid the foundation of this world? God had that plan, and that plan encompassed the sending of his son to die for our sins. John in the Revelation in chapter 13, verse 8, talks about the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And Paul here is articulating that plan. That plan included adopting you into his divine family, to know that you and I can be family members of Almighty God. Listen to John in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the sons, the children of God. In Ephesians chapter 2 at verse 20, Paul would say to the people in Ephesus that they were no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. 
to know that we belong to God's family. Paul would say in Romans chapter 8 that we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And so first of all, there's adoption into the family of God. And then secondly, acceptance. There are a lot of folks in our world today, what do they want? They want acceptance, don't they? They want people to accept them for who they are, for what they are. Did you know that through Jesus Christ, we are accepted? Listen to what Paul said in verse 6. To the praise of the glory of his grace by which he has made us accepted in the beloved. To know that we are accepted by God into his family. Now, sin is what separates us from God. As a matter of fact, going back to the Garden of Eden, sin is what separated the first family. And sin made its entrance into the world through the transgressions of Adam and Eve. Mankind today violates the will of God, thus sin is the result, according to 1 John chapter 3, verse 4. But in Jesus Christ, we are accepted. We are a part of God's family. We have a relationship with him. And then there's a third thing that we enjoy, that's redemption. Listen, if you would, at verse 7. Paul said, in him we have redemption through his blood. To know that God has bought us back. What was the cost of our redemption? The precious blood of Jesus. Did you know that Jesus went to the cross? That he shed his blood for you? Now we talk about the benefits package that has been made available to us. God saw intrinsic worth in your soul. When God looks at the human family, he sees value. We are the crown of God's creation. And so we have been redeemed by the precious blood of Christ, as Peter would say, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, to know that you have been redeemed, bought back, by Almighty God through Jesus Christ. It's a marvelous thought. Paul would say in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 that you have been bought with a price. Because you have been bought with a price, the exhortation is to glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You see, God bought you. That means you belong to him. And so you are to glorify him. And then there's another benefit that we enjoy. It's called forgiveness. Look at verse 7 again. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. How many people in our world today are struggling with the guilt and burden of sin? Did you know that Jesus Christ has the ability to wipe away all of your sins? Did you know that through the redemptive work of Almighty God, you can stand before the Lord, pure and just, every sin washed away? What about the Apostle Paul? You remember when Paul wrote to Timothy? And he said, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Paul said in recounting his conversion story in Acts chapter 26 that he was encouraged by Ananias to arise and be baptized and wash away his sins. To know that I don't have to bear the burden and the guilt and the shame of sin in my life. That I can be forgiven. To know that what I have done in the past is literally in the past. The Hebrew writer said, speaking in terms of the covenant under which you and I now live, he said, I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities I will remember no more. 
And so those are some of the benefits and the blessings that we enjoy. There's another blessing we enjoy. It's called reconciliation. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul tells us that Jesus reconciled both Jew and Gentile in one body under God through the cross. Did you know that Jesus has made it possible for us to enjoy a relationship with God the Father? He literally bridged the gap. A wedge had been driven between mankind and the Creator. The wedge was sin. Jesus came and brought the two parties together. In Ephesians 2.12, Paul would say that those who are outside of Christ, those who are outside a covenant relationship with the Lord, they're without hope and without God in this world. But he said, but now, in Christ Jesus, you that once were far off are made near, brought nigh by the blood of Christ. And so there is reconciliation to know that we, that we have a relationship, an ongoing relationship with our Creator. And then there is another blessing that Paul talks about. It's peace. Paul would say in Ephesians chapter 2, at verse 15, that Jesus Christ is our peace. He is the Prince of Peace. He came to give you peace. How many people do you think will go to bed tonight? And as they place their head on the pillow of their bed. They'll be thinking about the turmoil, the turbulence, the guilt, the shame of their lives. Countless numbers of people will go to bed tonight far from being at peace with themselves, with their God, with one another. And yet the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ, that he himself is our peace. I promise you, Jesus Christ can give you peace. He can give you peace. He can give you the kind of peace that is unknown. Unknown, literally unknown by many people in this world. Now, I'll freely grant that there are a lot of folks in our world today, they're trying to find peace in a bottle of whiskey. They're trying to find peace in some type of chemical substance or some prescription drug. It's not there. Never has been, never will be. But to know the peace that passes all understanding, that's in Jesus Christ. And then, let me give you a seventh blessing that we enjoy. It's called citizenship. One of the things that we treasure about living in this country is that we are citizens of a free country. We are citizens of the greatest country in this world. It is a blessing to be an American, to know that, that, we, that we share something very special, unknown to a lot of folks around the world. Let me tell you what, if you're a child of God, you are a citizen in the kingdom of God. You want to talk about being a part of the greatest institution known to man, to know that you are a citizen of the king, and you are a citizen of the kingdom here on earth, and you are a citizen of the kingdom of God in heaven. Paul said 
In the book of Philippians chapter 3, our citizenship is in heaven, from whence we also wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, to know that we are citizens in the kingdom of God. And then finally, the hope of heaven. Think for a minute about the hope of heaven. There are a lot of blessings associated with being a child of God. And we talk about the innumerable benefits that we have in Christ. Well, the greatest blessing to know that we have a home in heaven one day. This past week, we lost one of our members, Lydia Box. I received a text. Well, let me just back up for a minute. I had the opportunity to visit her on Friday afternoon a week ago. When I visited with her, I knew I would never see her again. I knew that her time was short here on earth. On Monday, the nurse came by to visit her and said she has less than 24 hours. The next morning, about 5, or a little after 5 a.m., she stepped out into eternity. I received a text message from her daughter, Helen. And she, she wrote two words. She's gone. Lydia sought to live a Christian life. When you step out into eternity, the only thing that's going to matter is the hope of heaven. I mean, that's what we're living for. Paul said we live in hope of life eternal, which God, who cannot lie, promised before the world began. And so to know that we have the hope of heaven, what is it that brings hope to us in times of death? It's the hope of heaven. The hope that there is something beyond the grave. That's why when Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, he talked about how their loved ones that had died, they were in Christ. And he said, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, thirdly, consider with me, if you would, for just a moment or two, the qualifications to our blessings in Christ. In other words, how do we access these blessings? We, we, know, we know without any doubts or reservations that God has a tremendous benefits package made available to us. So how do we access these blessings? Number one, there is what I would call a pattern to our salvation. What's the criterion? What, what is the criterion that, that's set forth in Scripture telling me how I can access these blessings? It's called Scripture, the Bible. Listen to what Paul said in, the, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Why do we preach the gospel? Well, the reason is because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When we set forth the gospel of Jesus Christ, we're preaching the man, Jesus. But we're also setting forth the message of Jesus. And Jesus wants us to come to him. Jesus would say in John chapter 6, it is written in the prophets, they shall all be taught of God. We have to teach people. The great commission, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. We baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things. And so, when I look to the scriptures, I can find out what God would have me to do to become one of his children. 
Here's what the Bible says. You need to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus said, except you believe that I am He, you'll die in your sins. Now, as we think about the pattern of salvation, let me just introduce you to the person of salvation. That's Jesus. That's the Christ. Listen again to what Paul said in verse 7. In Him, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Jesus, the Christ, is the one through whom and by whom we must be saved. The Lord said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me, John 14, 6. Luke recorded in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, neither is there salvation in any other. There is no other name of the heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Think about that for a minute. Jesus Christ has the ability to save you. He is the one through whom we can be saved. And then what about the place of salvation? Is it possible for me to be saved? The answer is yes, absolutely. Well, when I obey the gospel, what, what's, what's my status? Well, the Bible tells us that Jesus is the one that reconciled both Jew and Gentile in one body unto God. That one body is the church. When I obey the gospel of Jesus Christ, God adds me to the church. When I'm baptized into Jesus, I am placed in that divine body. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, Paul said, by one spirit were y'all baptized into one body. What's the body? He's the head of the body of the church. Why do I need to be in the church? Because he's the savior of the body, Ephesians 5, 23. So when I'm in Christ, I'm in the church. If I'm in the church, I'm in Christ. Now, what about this idea of qualifying for all these benefits and blessings? How do I qualify? Just do what the Bible says, obey the gospel. In Colossians chapter one, Paul said, giving thanks unto the Father who has qualified us, made us need to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. God has delivered us out of the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. All Paul is saying is when you obey the gospel, you are qualified to be a recipient of all the benefits and blessings that are in Christ Jesus, among which you're part of the kingdom. You have redemption. You have forgiveness. You have all the blessings that we enumerated. Now, let me ask you this. In closing, do you enjoy God's benefit package? I mean, when we talk about all these benefits and blessings, they are yours for the taking. Can you imagine somebody saying no to these benefits or blessings? I think about sometimes people sit down and they interview for a job and they listen to the description of their duties with regard to that job, they listen to the benefits and the, the pay, et cetera, and they begin to turn things over in their mind and, and the thought that continues to just reoccur over and over again is this is too good to be true. I mean, I can't pass this up. Let me tell you what, when it comes to Christianity, you can't afford to pass this up. Somebody says it's too good to be true. Well, it's true. God's benefit package is second to none. You will never find anything anywhere 
better than being a child of God. We talk about having a great message to sell. There's not a product on this earth that can come close to the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's not anything on this earth that, com that can compete or compare with the benefits that we have in Jesus. What about you today? Are you a child of God? Do you enjoy all spiritual blessings in Christ? If not, let me tell you what, this is your golden opportunity. You have the opportunity this hour to become a child of God, to leave here a redeemed, cleansed child of the living God. So, what you need to do, do what they did on Pentecost Day, repent, be baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins. God led you to the church, and then just be faithful until death. The promise is the crown of life. If you're unfaithful to his cause, could we encourage you to come back? Could we encourage you to come home, to do that today? You know, sometimes in the employment world, people are not what they ought to be. And there are times when people have an unbelievable job and they'll walk away from it. Sometimes they even get fired. As a result of that, they're severed from all of those benefits and blessings. Well, spiritually speaking, sometimes we walk away from the benefits and the blessings that are in Christ. In the work world, an employer might or might not take you back. It might be the case that he'll take you back. Spiritually speaking, God will always take you back. Doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter where you've been, doesn't matter what you've said, God will always take you back. And let me tell you what, not only will he take you back, he will restore you to your rightful place. And he will restore all of those benefits and blessings that had been severed. We talk about a gracious God in heaven. Let me tell you what, God is gracious. To know that he would take us back in spite of our sins. John said if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. To cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Would you come as we stand and sing?